Somebody say, God is good all the time. Somebody say, God is good to me all the time. <laughs> Boy, that really feels good. That sure is better that God is mad at me or life is horrible. Lord, we thank you for your word. It's rich. It builds us up. It gives us an inheritance. It's alive. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. There's nothing hidden that your word cannot penetrate and see. And your word, it's, it's able to bring to pass things and draw things out and create. It's creative. And we pray for the creative word today. May it bring life where people need it the most. In Jesus' name, we praise you. Thank you for utterance today for Pastor Tom. And thank you for ears to hear what the Spirit of God wants to bless us with today. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. I don't know about you, but uh, I particularly am one of those people that likes things to be the same. You can turn the lights up a little bit. I'm one of those people that like things to stay the same. When, when I go for ice cream, there is no flavor on earth like Rocky Road. There is no question. I, I, heard, I heard a witness in the house, Rocky Road. I can't tell you the degree of disappointment when I go to the counter and they say, we're sorry, we're out of Rocky Road. And I'm saying, no, no. And then, of course, Pastor Kimberly, she's of the other variety. She's the kind, she likes new things. She says, oh, pralines and cream. Oh, marble fudge, uh, something. I'm like, no, 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 no. She's, oh, come on, get, get something close. You know, things that are close to Rocky Road don't count. It's Rocky Road. Do I have some, is there a Rocky Road brotherhood in the house? Come on, I need a little help. But you know, there are, there are those of us that like variety, and there's others of us that like things that are the same. At the office, they tease me about uh, sticking with Windows 95 or Windows 98. I was the last one. I was holding out till the very end, until it does not support it anymore. And then they said, oh, oh no, I have to go to XP or something. You know, and now, of course, things continue to change. Listen, we, uh, we often, I often find comfort in things that don't change. But the fact is that nothing in life stays the same except God and his word. Nothing stays the same. You know, it could be very, very uncomfortable. I mean, change Things that are changing, it's unsettling, it's aggravating. If you live anywhere close to the Marina Boulevard exit over there where, uh, where the new Kaiser's going up, God bless the new Kaiser, but they have messed up my life. I mean, whoever designed that light that takes forever to get, if you know what I'm talking about, it's horrible over there. That's incon- Somebody say, change is inconvenient. It's aggravating. It's annoying. It's sometimes embarrassing. Definitely challenging. It costs you time. It's bothersome, it's intrusive, but one thing that I know for sure, friends, change is inevitable. Listen, from the products that we use, our neighborhoods, our nation, our schools, everything is changing. I mean, just recently I had the unhappy discovery when I put the dish soap, automatic dish soap into our dishwasher. I said, ooh, ooh, what is that smell? It was so strong it about knocked us both out. Me and Pastor Kibble, what is that smell? I thought there's something wrong with the dishwasher. 
I thought maybe it's not rinsing or something. It's like somebody put poison in the dishwashing liquid. I pulled it out and sure enough it says new and improved with a new fresh scent just about to kill you. They might as well just said buy this it'll kill you. I'm telling you it knocked me out. I put the, I put the bottle on that right quick and says we're never using this again. Let's call. I called I called the Costco. I called Kirkland. I says what's going on? What have you guys done? I mean how many you know that when they change Coca-Cola somebody changed it up and people didn't like it when it goes into another different kind of box. We don't like change. Is that right? I'm just saying. I mean, but everything's in a state of change. People in our lives are changing. But you know, there's something very positive about change and God's going to talk to you about change today. You know, whenever you see a little child, what's one of the things that you see most often? You look at them and, and you haven't seen them about two or three. What's one thing that you know about kids? Well, you know about what you know about kids, especially when you've got little Melissa and Joey and some of the other. Uh, what happens is, is you, the people that haven't seen them for a while, they say, my, how you've grown. How you've, okay, I heard two, two things that they both good. My, how you've grown and my, how you have changed. Well, you see, in the natural realm, it's really obvious. A little junior who's like this, like, oh my gosh, when I saw Jesse the other day, like, that's Jesse? Wow. I mean, I remember Jesse. This, this was Jesse. No, Jesse's like this now. Like, wow, Jesse, I won't even bother trying to give you a hug, dude. Just like way up there. Just like, hi, you know. You see, you can see the change. And... Sometimes it's, it's surprising. Sometimes it's pleasant. But one thing for sure, I, I want you to know something. What we see, the things that change on the outside, I mean, the, the, the technology that keeps changing, like they, they can't ever leave a phone alone. I mean, they're always changing to something else. And you're trying to, well, I just got, let's be honest with you, you can't even, you just barely figured out what one phone does and they got the upgrade. Am I the only person alive that feels this way? Right when you just started figuring out how this works, they upgraded the software or something. Lord, have mercy on us. It's like a treadmill to try to keep up with everything that's changing. I just thought say a little fun here. This is a little Mario Murillo type fun. The statisticians of today are having a heyday with charts, facts, and figures. We've got so many of those, of those charts, you know, the, the, the ones that, that say so many percentage of this and that. I mean, they're finding facts and figures, analysis of everything, forecasting future trends in economics, business, healthcare, politics, education, religion. Am I sounding like Mario yet? Uh, real estate. Demographics, crime, you name it. Come on, mom, say, by the way, I love you, mom. That was a change, too. <laughs> Things change, friends. People go to heaven. That's true. But there's only one thing that can change the condition of a human heart one thing. And it's not therapy. And it's not a good book that Dr. Spock wrote. And it's not. Just education. The one thing that can change a human heart and change the way a person thinks to turn a convict into a saint. The one thing is Jesus Christ. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 17 in the King James Version says, therefore, if any man. So this qualifies if you're breathing anybody. If anybody is in Christ Jesus, or let me put it this way, if Christ Jesus is in anybody, 
He or she is a new creature. Old things are passed away and behold all things. Have me somebody say new. That tells me that there is a major catastrophic change that occurs to the old man. There is such a change in who you are when you receive Christ. It should be notable. I want you to read this. I want to read this to you in the Amplified. They might be able to put it up there unless I'm going too fast. Therefore, if any person is engrafted in Christ the Messiah, he's a new creature. He's a, he's a new creation, a new creature altogether. The old previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the fresh and the new has come. Now, you know that. Now, today... We're going to minister a message to you entitled, The Gift of Change. Change doesn't always feel very welcome, but you know, we need change in our life. As a matter of fact, one of the foundational teachings of the Bible is a teaching of change. And it's called repentance. The first layer of repentance is, of course, when you turn toward God and you turn from your old life, you turn to God, make him the Lord of your life. I wish more Christians had that part down in their life. Because that's repentance from sin, where you change your mind, as you will see in a little while. I want you to notice something of what Jesus said in those days, Matthew chapter three, verse one and two. In those days, there appeared John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness, the desert of Judea and saying, repent and look at what he says or what the Amplified helps us to understand what repent means. Think differently. Change your mind. Regretting your sins and changing your conduct Somebody say change the way you act, what you do for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He's followed up in Matthew chapter four, verse 17 with Jesus. From that time, Jesus began to preach, crying out. What was the first thing Jesus began? He began to preach. What's the first thing Jesus began to preach? Give me that word. Say it loud and clear. Repent. Or in this, in another sense, it's change, change. Glory to God. Change your mind. Watch this. Crying out, repent. Change your mind for the better. Heartily amend your ways with abhorrence for your past sins. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repentance, friends, is one of the most basic elementary foundations in Christian living. And lest you get sad on me, because this is a really a happy message. I felt the, you know, oh, repentance. He's talking about repentance today. The Lord revealed this to me. I, I trust this is going to bless you. When he says, when Jesus said, repent, when John said, repent, and when the Bible says, repent, it is not only a command or instruction for you to change it is also an empowerment for you to change. You see, when he spoke to the skies and he said, let there be light, it wasn't just that he 
said something, he commanded light to come forth. He wasn't just commanding obedience from the skies and the heavens for there to be light. He also gave empowerment for there to be light. See, the word is creative. It is on one hand a command, but on the other side, it's a creative power. It's a creative seed. Can you see that, friends? So when God says to Pastor Tom, I want you to repent or I want you to change or he or he just looks at me and he says, change. It's almost like he's saying, change be the same way that he said light be. Can you see that? Oh, somebody get happy. I see the wheels are turning today. Look at what Hebrews says in Hebrews chapter six, verse one through three in the Amplified. And I'll just continue to read for the sake of time. Therefore, let us go on and get past the elementary, somebody say elementary, elementary, stage in the teachings and doctrine of Christ the Messiah, advancing steadily toward the completeness and perfection that belong to spiritual maturity. Let us not again be laying the foundation of, re- what is that? First and foremost, the foundation of repentance. And abandonment abandonment of dead works, dead formalism, and of faith by which you turn to God with teachings about purifying, laying out of hands. Other translations say teachings of baptisms. Amen. And from the resurrection of the dead, eternal life and judgment. Uh, Now watch this, what he put in parentheses here. It says, these are all matters of which you should have been fully aware long ago. I, in the message, Bible says, come on already, get with it. You should have had this already. It's like, I see in the spirit, I see there's a lot of Christians that kept getting bumped back from first grade, back to kindergarten, back to kindergarten. <laughs> but God wants to take you from kindergarten and start moving you forward. Somebody said, amen. amen. So baptism, ba- uh, r- rather, repentance is something so very basic. Let me read you a few words because I know that re- the word repentance, you're not going to hear it a lot in the news today. You're not going to hear it, certainly not going to hear it on TV shows. <laughs> you know, you're not going to hear it in the movies. You're going to see aliens. You're going to see all kind of crazy things. You're going to see some great uh, uh, karate and you're going to see big guns and all these things. You're going to see beauty queen, but you're not always going to see repentance on the big big screen. So let me just help you a little bit today. The word repentance, 3340, metaneo, and I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, but cut me a little slack for the Puerto Rican. It means changed, listen, changed after being with. Changed after being with. Also, it comes from 3539, which is noi, noio or something. It says, think properly or think differently after. Think differently after you've been with. Here's a thought. After you have been with Jesus, after you have been with people that are full of the Spirit, it's easy to think differently. After you have been with Jesus, it's easy to change. After you have been in His Word and looked into the perfect law of liberty, it's easy to change because it's after you've been with it. But see, here's the thing. Christians have to be with Him. Christians have to be with it. Spend time in the Word. That's what we're doing today. We're spending time with, somebody say Him. We're spending time with His Word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Think differently afterwards to withdraw or turn one soul from. So what we're seeing here is repentance, friends, is a gift. And don't worry, it gets really good. It's only 9.50. So I got about 20 minutes to really get this out. 
Repentance is a gift. In Acts 5, 30 and 31, New King James talks about how God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you murdered by hanging on a tree. Him has God exalted on his right hand to be prince and savior to give. Somebody say give. Repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. In Acts 11, verse, and I'm moving quickly, you don't have to turn there, but in Acts 11, 15 through 18, it talks how God granted repentance to the Gentiles. What is a grant? Is it something you work for? Is it something? No, it's, it's a gift. It's something that is given. In verse 18, it says, When they heard these things, they became silent. They glorified God, saying, Then God also granted to the Gentiles repentance. To life. Second Timothy 2.25 talks about how we are, the, the servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach in patience and humility, so forth, correcting those who are in opposition, if God perhaps will grant repentance. So you can see that it's a gift, right? It's something God gives you, is that right? And also this, friends, it is the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. These are things that you probably should know. You certainly have heard this in church before. But I'll just quote it. You can write it down, look it up later. It is Romans chapter 2 and verse 4. says, Do you despise the riches of His goodness, forbearance, and long-suffering, not knowing that it's the goodness of God that leads you to repentance? So, let's, let's talk about this. It's the goodness of God that's leading us all into changes. And friends, there are changes every day. I know that there was the original change when you turned to Christ and gave your life to Christ. But did you know that we are in a position and we are in a certain class of people that instead of being stuck like the world, we have the ability to go change every day from one degree of glory to the next. Never stuck. Always moving upward. Always moving. Always getting better. Change always for the better, not for the worse. Somebody said amen. Let me read you something, some little definitions about change. To become different. To make something or some, someone or something different. To become something else. To make different in some particular manner. Or to alter. I really love this alter. How many have ever taken, uh, unfortunately it looks like your waistline was changing. And so you had to go to the tailor so that they can alter your, your pants or your dress. Come on somebody, help me out a little bit. I have this little lady, little Mia. She helps us out in the manner. I says, Mia, can you help me out? It's been a while because there was a time out. Pastor Tom was out of control. Waist 34 is too much. We're back down, thank God, to something much less than that. But geez, 34, nothing was fitting. But I was paying Miss Mia a lot of little visits. And she was altering my slacks so I can even get them on anymore. And what I really love about this is that God, there are different kinds of change. We don't have time to get into all of it, but there's little incremental change. What I perceive is that there's change in the air and there are little changes that you can allow God to make because he's the God that changes us from one degree of glory to the next. And an alteration is not something that tears your life completely apart. It's just something like they're just going to let the hem down a little bit or they're just going to change just, just a little bit. How many you know that sometimes just a little change goes along? long way I said a little change goes a long way he's not trying to pull the rug out from under you he's not trying to wipe you out knock you out lay you flat on your back but he wants you to consider this just a little change will go a long way and I love what pastor said recently I caught this in in weeks gone by he said we need to activate the altars 
And this is what I said. Right on. How many of you have spent more time? We spend a little bit more time at the altar these days, you know. We've come up and God's done some marvelous things at the altar. But look what, it, what I got from this. Change. If change happens after you're being with one of the definitions that we saw earlier today, when we spend time in His presence or even corporately, when we come to the altar, we get altered at the altar. I kind of like that. Just let, you know, people don't have to lay hands on you. You just need to go and be with Him. Just, just be with Him, friends. Just be with Him. I just feel the Spirit of God put something special on that. You know, take the time to be with Him. Take the time to wait on His presence. Lord knows it's, it's, it's so easy to get way, way, way too busy. Take time to be altered at His presence. And when there's opportunity, you know, coming forth to the altar isn't just to repent of gross sin and to change your life and give your life to Christ. Being at the altar also has something to do with going another degree up. Just going another degree up. Little alteration. Somebody say alteration. I heard the Spirit of God say something. Oh, there were a few things about alteration. Alter implies a difference in some particular respect without suggesting the loss of identity. It's like just a, a little change, you know. It's God's, God's not trying to smash us. He's not trying to destroy us. He's just trying to help us. It's just a little modification here and there. Praise God. I heard the call that said, come up hither or come up here. There are thoughts, friends, that we need to go up for. We need to go up to his thoughts, Isaiah 55. You've heard these things before. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are my ways your ways, says the Lord. For as high as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. He said that in Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. It says in Colossians 3, it says, If you be risen with Christ, it says, Seek those things that are where? The ones that are above, where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For you are dead and your life is where? It's hid, hid with Christ in God. Friends, I, I'm telling you, this is what I perceive and I have just enough time to get this out. Will you just put your receivers on right about now? Try to just hear really carefully what God's trying to tell you right now. He's doing a new thing in your life. Isaiah 43:18 through 19 in the Amplified. Listen carefully. Do not earnestly remember, and I might even add long for, and reminisce about the former things. Neither consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive and know it? And will you not give heed to it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. God is working on your behalf. This is a season of change. We have graduates going different places. We have some graduates coming back. We've got people making moves. There are, there's, there's uh, uh, professional moves. There's, there's moves in employment. There's, there's moves in different Different things. There's moves in the ministry. There's people, and God's going to help you. God's helping us. He is doing, somebody say, a new thing. Joshua 3, verse 3 through 5. This is also what I sense. We've got to spend time in God's presence. We have to be with Him. Why? Because you have not gone this way 
before. Look at this. Commanding the people in Joshua chapter 3, 3 through 5. This is a word right for you, friends. Commanding the people when you see the Ark of the Covenant, which, by the way, represents the presence of the God, right? When you see the covenant of the Lord your God being born by the Levitical priests, set out from where you are and follow it. Somebody say, follow it. You see, in this church, we're trained not to follow the crowd, but we're trained to follow the cloud. There's a difference. You see, there's a lot of people, they might be doing this. Oh, let's do this, pastors. Let's do this. But see, we're being endeavored to be led by the Spirit of God and follow where the presence of God is. We call that being spirit-led or presence-based. We're a presence-based Church, You know, you should lead a presence-based life. Don't make decisions based on just the st- statistics and what seems in crunching the numbers. The numbers are not what's going to pull you through in the midnight hour. You need the presence of God and the leading of the Spirit. Somebody said amen. amen. Notice what he says. So he says, you must go out and follow the presence of God. Essentially is what he's saying. And then he was in verse 4, he was saying, Yet a space must be between, kept between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Come not near it, that you may be able to see the ark. And th- that was a, just a very interesting point that he made. Sometimes you could be so busy, yes, even serving God. You could be so busy that you can't hear the leading of the Spirit of God. You can't, haven't taken the time to being with, so you can hear the word of change in your life. So notice what he said. I want you to stay 2,000 cubits so you can see it. If your calendar is too full, you need to do something about it. How about that for change? If your calendar is so full that you can't take time to wait on God and pray in the Spirit... And, and just shut the world out. And we're just, we're not talking about days on end. We're just talking about a little bit every day, friends. A little bit every day. Just seek God. Then you're too busy. Because the instruction was, you need to, you need to hold, the, hold your perspective is what he's saying. So that you can always keep your eye on the ark. Or you can always keep your perspective on the presence of God. Can you see that, friends? Now notice this, what it says. Then he goes on to say this. Come not near it so that you may be able to see it and know the way that you must go. If you cannot keep your eye on the presence of God, the word of God, and be with him in a word of change, then you don't know where you should go. I don't know where I should go unless I could see it. But notice what he says. For you, here's his reasoning. For you have not passed This way before. There are some things that many of you have never done before. There are some areas that God wants you to stretch into. Some things, some assignments, if you will, that God wants you to step into. And can I just be honest with you? When you step into assignments like this, it's not comfortable. It's a little, can I just say scary in church, in a faith church, without having you turn me off and call me a heretic? 
I mean, think about Moses. When God, he, there was a burning bush and then God called him and he said, I want you to go to Pharaoh and I want you to do this amazing thing, deliver my people. And Moses said, say what? We're not alone. We're in good company. How about when they, the angel came to Gideon? He says, I want you. Hail thou great man of valor. He says, are you talking to somebody? What, uh, man of valor? He was surprised. Here's this scaredy cat hidden in a little shed somewhere. And an angel appears and calls him a man of valor. Please understand this, friends. When the Lord calls you something, it's not only a command. It's also an empowerment. When he called Gideon a mighty man of valor that had creative power in it. He didn't call him a creative man of valor as a point of observation. He called him a mighty man of valor as a word of prophecy. As a prophetic utterance that would empower him to be that valiant man. So that he could lead lead 300 people with the wisdom of God. And do an amazing feat in a, with a, what seemed ridiculous, but got the job done. You know what? If you'll follow God, He'll show you with a word of empowerment. He'll give you wisdom. Don't get me started. He'll give you wisdom and enable to you to do things you never dreamed you'd be doing. He'll enable you to accomplish things that you never dreamed that you would be able to accomplish for the Lord. Somebody said amen. So he said, you haven't passed this way before. And then Joshua said to the people, sanctify yourselves. That is, separate yourselves for a special holy purpose. For tomorrow, what, who's going to do it? The Lord is going to do, in verse 5 of Joshua 3 in the Amplified, tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. I'm, some of you are looking like this. This is too good to be true. But I'm telling you by the word of the Lord, the Lord is going to do and is doing wonders and it's not through somebody else. It's through you. Somebody say it's through me. Amen. Say it again. Through me. The Lord wants to do wonderful things through you. I want you to notice in Isaiah 48, verse 5 through 7. I don't want to belabor the point. Maybe I'll just go, let's see, 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 see. I'll just go to verse 6. I'll start with verse 6. Isaiah 48, verse 6. You have heard these things foretold, and now you see this fulfillment. And you will not witness and bear witness to it. I show you specific new things from this time forth. Even hidden things kept in reserve, which you have not known. Now, catch this. I love this. Verse 7. Can you read this with me, friends? They are created when? When? When were they created? They're created now. And how are they called? They are called into being by the prophetic word and not long ago. In other words, a now word. And before today, you have never heard of them, lest you should say, behold, I already knew that. Oh, I knew that. <laughs> No, friends, can you hear what God is saying to you right now? He's saying there's change in the atmosphere. This is change for the better. And when, he, when you spend time with Him, and when He gives you an assignment, like He gave the Apostle Paul an assignment, like He gave Jesus an assignment, He's got an assignment for you. And you know what? Some of us, our assignments, we may be in the assignment in the same place, but the word of change might be, now I want you to do this a little differently. I've been here for 31 years, and I've got to tell you, we, we're always changing. I mean, I may, 
I may look like I'm the same person and I might be going up to the piano or whatever and you might be hearing little songs. And this, but friends, we are doing things drastically different today than we did 30 years ago. I don't know if you're going to eat that or not. There are so many changes that happened in me that no one knows about but God. I mean... When I have team members coming and going, they graduate and they go. I just, I, I, you're going to get an opportunity to hear your wonderful 180 band, the, the high school in which I am so, so blessed with this, this generation. I have so loved them and still love them so greatly. But that group, many of them are, somebody say, graduating. graduating. Somebody say they're leaving. <laughs> they're going to college. Praise God. They're going to fulfill what God has on their life. And Pastor Tom has to be happy for them. And I am happy for them. But that just means I have to come up with something different. Something somebody say new. <laughs> I can't be nervous about somebody say change. change. You know, before them, there was another crew of people. I mean, I remember once I was looking up there. It was my own boys were up there. I mean, remember way back then when I had my little boys, my little 10 and 11 and 12 year old boys. And they're they're chucking the corn. Hallelujah. They're, they're when when Ray Jean Wilson is here and and Janet Brzee and all these. great. The, I got my boys up there and they're doing. But you know what? Their their season moved them to another assignment. And I'm still here. And my boys are not, at least in that capacity. But you can't freak out when things change. Because God is doing, somebody say, a new thing. A new thing. He's doing a new thing in your family. He's doing a new thing in your ministry. Oh, come on. In my ministry? Yeah, you have a ministry. Every one of you have a ministry. So let me just, let me just, just bring this home in my last closing comments. 2 Corinthians 3.18 talks about that change. All of us with unveiled face because we continue to behold. 2 Corinthians 3.18 amplified. We're beholding in the word of God as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. Are constantly being transfigured. King James Version says changed into his very own image in ever increasing splendor. And from one degree of glory to another. I said one degree of glory to another. For this comes from where? Where, who's the one causing it to come to pass? It's the Lord who is the Spirit. Hallelujah. I mean, some of you were feeling pretty good. I know why, why God does this to us. Right when we're feeling comfortable and things are sounding real good. It's like, whoop, boom. I'm like, what? No. This was, this was a dream team. But you know what? God's got more dreams. I said, God's got more dreams. You're an employer, you have, you're, or you're a team leader at, at your job, and you have a great team. You work in a title company, let's say, and you've got some sharp people. They're great with the clients. Everything's marvelous. And then what? What? You're having a baby, and you're going to do what? You're moving to Montana. <laughs> and you're like, wait. Then the other person comes in. You know what? I got an offer someplace else. Wait. Wait, are you sure? Can't you reconsider? And then somebody else comes in, you know. I'm moving to Tahoe or something like, really? I'm going to Rhema. Yeah, I, huh, huh? I'm going to Rhema like, oh, praise God. <laughs> but you're a manager at that title company. What are you going to do? Friends, what's the first thing you do? 
Well, you're going to rejoice with them. <laughs> you're going to re- oh, that's great. I'm really happy. Don't let them see you sweat. Then you are so going to go into that prayer closet. You are so going to spend time with God. You are so going to be with him. And he's so going to change you on the inside and show you exactly what's going to happen. And you are so going to bring life to a new, fresh crew of people. He's going to lead you to the right people at the right place at the right time. Because everything is changing. I said everything's changing. And you know, and change is good. Change, I'm telling you, God is, Jesus is building his, his uh, kingdom and there's constant change going on. Let me read you just, just so that you could get happy. I'm just, these are happy scriptures. So this is part of your 1010 happy meal. Arise, it says in Isaiah 60, verse 1 through 3. Arise from the depression and prostration in which circumstances have kept you. Rise to, somebody say, new life. Shine, be radiant with the glory of the Lord, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, dense darkness all the people, but the Lord shall arise upon you. That's the important thing. The important thing is, is the Lord rising on you? I mean, everybody might leave you. Your dog might leave you. Your goldfish might leave you. Your best friend might leave you and turn his back on you. But is God with you? This word is the word I believe that gave the most amount of strength to people like Joshua and Caleb. Or when, when, when he says, I'm going to be, I'm with you. I'm with you. Can I just share some words? This is, this isn't just me speaking. I'm telling you the truth. It's going to be okay. It's good. You're serving God. You're seeking Him. You're allowing yourself to be changed and change it. Remember, we started this message talking about repentance. That's a gift. Change is a gift. It enables you to go to a new station. God enables you to have more influence, be a greater blessing. And it may feel a little uncomfortable, but as long as we spend time with Him, somebody say it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. It absolutely is going to be okay. How do I know that? Because we know that all things work together for for bad. All things work together for mediocre. No, it says all things work together for good. To those that love God. Do you love God today, friends? And that are called according to His purpose. Now, listen, listen, listen. We're wrapping up right here. If you're doing your purpose, this, everything I've said in the last 34 minutes does not apply to you. If you're doing your own thing, there is no guarantee of what's going to happen in your life. Yes, you'll be one of the people that your life is hanging before you. You're going to be, the rug will be jerked out from under you. There's no protection clause for you. But if you're, friends, if you love Jesus, friends, if you've received him, if you've repented, turned to him, given him your life. And if you are daily seeking him, especially in seasons of life where there are great change coming, he will give a word of change, which is not only a word of command, but a prophetic utterance that enables you to do what you need to do. Hallelujah. And it's going to be okay. All things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And you know, at that point, nations shall come to your light. Kings to the brightness of your rising. You're coming. You're going up heart of the bay. You're not going down. Are you? I, I got this closing statement. Are you tired of where you're at? Philippians 2 verse 12 through 13 in the King James Version says, Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. He says, work out 
your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do, say it, of his good pleasure. And whenever God is working to do something for you, it's always going to be good. It's always going to be good. It's always going to be good. I like Philippians chapter 1 verse 6. Last scripture. And I am convinced and sure of this very thing. That he who has begun a good work in you, heart of the bay, will continue until the day of Jesus Christ. Team leaders, I'm talking to you right now. If you are a team leader in this church, look up. God's got great plans for you. Oh, there's so many changes. Yeah, but God's got great plans for you. And he who began the good work in you and in your team will continue until the day of Jesus Christ, right up until his return, developing that good work in you and your team and perfecting and bringing it, somebody say, to full, full, say it, full completion in you. Allow me to pray for you right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for all of our friends here at Heart of the Bay. Thank you for this word, Father. We're not here by accident, but we're here by design. Your divine purpose, I thank you and I worship you. Hallelujah. Lord, I pray that everyone that has heard the word about change will embrace the plan of God, embrace the process with assurance that it's going to be okay. For Joseph... He was betrayed by brethren. He was sold into slavery. He was placed into forced servitude. He was lied about. He was convicted of something he never did. He served. He was forgiven. Forgive me. He was forgotten. But one day came when the call came. One day the came the call came, and he found himself. Shave, put on these clothes. What, what? What's going on? You're going to see Pharaoh. And in one day, it was all different. He went from being in the dungeon and being falsely accused to being second in command to one of the greatest nations of that day. And God used him to be a blessing to the entire earth, to many families. Lord, I thank you that you helped my friends in the process. Help that dad to embrace change. I got to change and it's okay. Help that person that's bound by addictions. Help them embrace not the word of change. Not just that, hey, you got to change, but it's a prophetic word. It's an empowerment to cut off that which causes hindrance to them so they can rise up and be the man and woman of God that you've called them to be. And Lord, for this church, we worship you together. And we thank you, Lord God, that in this place, the name of Jesus will be glorified. And people today are repenting still and turning to Christ. And may they turn not only here, but through the influence of this church around the world and churches like it. We praise you. We worship you. And we acknowledge your goodness in it. In Jesus' name, everybody shout amen. Hallelujah.